there he is. You see him as he walks into the casino. He has on a custom fit black tuxedo. The bartender asks him, what will you have? And he replies, I'll have a martini, shaken, not stood. Then a gorgeous woman in an elegant evening dress approaches him and asks him his name as she has been watching him since he first walked into the room, to which we hear the famous opening words. The name's Bond, James Bond. In this episode, I'll be talking about the James Bond syndrome and how it has impacted men around the world. We will also see what the Bible talks about this and how you and I can avoid or overcome these same issues in episode number 50 of The 318 Project. This is The 318 Project, a guide to equip men through godly principles and develop as husbands, fathers, and sons. And now, your host... Ryan Hare. Hello, I'm Ryan Hare, and welcome to the 318 Project. So, what does the Bible actually say about the James Bond syndrome? Well, if you're like me, you probably grew up with James Bond movies and the image of the character that is presented with him. If you're like me, though, you probably even saw yourself and had that image of what it would be like to have that swab, debonair, mysterious man who got all the gorgeous women, drove the greatest cars, and got to play with all the cool gadgets. In every movie, he always was with the most attractive woman that was just irresistible to his charm, even if it cost her her life. Now, as a spy working for the queen and country, he still had an image to uphold that included being well-dressed in the tuxedo that was custom fit. He had stylish and expensive cars along with all the latest gadgets created to help him out of any situation. This all seemed to come at no cost or expense to him, and even at no cost to him, for them. It seemed that he had the girl's gold and glory. So why do so many men feel that they have to do everything in their power to emulate this fictional character? So why do so many men feel that they have to do everything in their power to emulate this fictional character? Like many things, guys tend to fantasize about getting the girl, winning the big game, being rich or having a superpower or ability while feeling like they are still stuck in a dull average Joe life. When you really look at it, though, Bond may have had all those things, but he tended to be a loner. Yes, he had what many psychologists would say is an ISTP type personality. Now, this type of person is practical, yet great at handling a crisis and is resourceful. He prefers to be alone, yet outgoing as an introvert. He would be sensing and depending on his senses and observation skills, 
his thinking would be based on logical decisions and not just going on his feelings. Finally, he would be a perceiver that he was a non-planner and never planned what he was going to be doing. Now, you may be thinking, how does this apply to me as a Christian? Well, as I was saying earlier, he was always about the girls, the gold, and the glory. Now, if you look in 1 John chapter 2, verse 16, it says, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. So when you break it down, the lust of the flesh is the girl's. The lust of the eyes is gold, and the pride of life is glory. Now, I want to break this down more to help you and me as it applies to our spiritual walk and what we can do to overcome those obstacles when they arise. The first part talks about the lust of the flesh. We can look at it in many ways, but the most predominant feature with the flesh is looking at a woman in a provocative manner. Many men feel that looking at pornography isn't wrong in the sense that they aren't hurting anyone. Many feel that it is a stress relief after a long day at work or after dealing with a stressful situation. Some even feel that if they aren't being satisfied at home, then this is the next best thing without actually cheating. But Jesus said in Matthew 5, verse 28, But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. You can see how this image worked for Bond, that even though he wasn't married, he could still have any woman that he wanted and feel no regrets when he moved on. Now, Dr. Cole said that lust is the desire to get at the expense of others, while love desires to give at the expense of self. This is evident when you see Bond in that he uses women as an object for most parts to get information, help him get to the bad guy, which usually ends up getting her killed, or simply to use them for his sexual pleasure. Now, the second part says the lust of the eyes. This is represented as the gold. It may not be actual gold, but it is anything that, again, men lust after. For some, it may be that new sports car or fully loaded truck. Maybe it is the latest gadget, phone, gun, clothing, toys, or whatever it may be that will help him feel like he has status. In the Old Testament, God gave Moses one of the commandments of thou shall not covet. This is where that lust of the eyes comes in when you see someone that has a nicer vehicle, home, phone, TV, or wife than what you have then you desire to have it or something bigger and better in your eyes. Now, how many marriages have ended because they saw another person in a way that they feel that their spouse isn't fulfilling in one area of their marriage and see or feel that another person can fill that part of the void only to later see that that part they were looking to be fulfilled left everything else empty that their spouse had already been providing before. But that is how Satan works. 
Look at David and Bathsheba. When he should have been off to the battle with the rest of Israel, he was instead back in his palace when he saw Bathsheba bathing from his rooftop. That lust of the flesh and eyes consumed him to desire to have her. And you and I can see later that it drove him to even have her husband Uriah killed in battle to cover up the affair and pregnancy. And that's just what Satan likes to do. He likes to tempt you and I with things of the flesh. At times, it feels overwhelming, and some feel the only way to overcome the urge is to simply give in and enjoy the pleasure for the moment, not realizing what some of the consequences may lie ahead. I can personally say that I have experienced that because just sometimes it felt so overwhelming that you simply say, I'll just take this time, whatever it may be, just to relieve that stress And before you know it, then Satan is now accusing you as he is the accuser of the brethren of how could you do that? You call yourself a Christian and yet now you've done this very act. The third and final area is the place of pride. As we see with Bond, he had an air of arrogance in that he was confident in himself. Now, this isn't to say that you and I should have confidence in ourselves, But when we feel that we are better than others, leads to pride. Pride can also come in the way we feel about our appearance. Look at plastic surgeons and how they play on many people's fears of self-image that they have to get things done like nose, breast, lips, the hairline, hips, and other body parts done in the hopes of having a perfect image of themselves in the attempts to draw attention to themselves. Some even go to the extremes of fitness to obtain a muscular body. Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't stay fit and healthy, but some take it to an extreme that becomes unhealthy. We see how people can even be consumed with a title or position as a status of power and authority that it will give them. Again, it isn't to say that you shouldn't work hard for promotion, but when you are driven to be in control or power leads to that pride of life. Yet we see how it has corrupted people in many ways that led to a mighty fall from that position that left them in shame and disgrace. This isn't just in the corporate business world. We even see it in the church. How many leaders and pastors have we seen that were consumed about the numbers and size of the church? that they walked away from doctrine and truly wanting to reach lost souls that led to their fall from grace. So you may be saying, I don't feel like any of this applies to me, or I don't feel that I am struggling with any of these issues. You and I may not be, but that doesn't mean that Satan isn't going to try and tempt you. Even Jesus was tempted. In Hebrews 2, Verse 18, it says, Jesus was tempted in every way as we were, for in that he himself has suffered, being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. Again, you may be saying, how was Jesus tempted the same as me? He doesn't live in today's time with everything that is around me. But 
in Matthew 4, verses 1 through 11, it tells about when Satan tempted Jesus in the wilderness. Jesus had just gone 40 days of fasting when Satan approaches him. It even calls Satan in the scripture, the tempter. Satan first tells Jesus to turn the stones to bread, which is that lust of the flesh, because this was a way of showing that he could do anything that feeds his fleshly body with food, drink, or sex. Then Satan tempts him with the pride of life in that he says, if you are the son of God, then nothing would happen to him if he jumped from the temple. This was an attempt to again get Jesus to take pride in his status of being called the Son of God. Finally, Satan tempted him the third time with lust of the eyes, when he took Jesus to the top of the mountain and said, If you bow to me, I will give you all the kingdoms. Each time we see that when Satan tempted Jesus, he responded with, It is written. And that is what you and I have to do each time one of these temptations arises in our lives that we can go back to the scriptures that God gave us to tell Satan that he has no power and authority over us. So yes, Jesus was tempted in every way that you and I face temptation. It may be almost 2,000 years difference, but they are the same temptations. Satan hasn't come up with a new strategy or tactic. He simply finds a new way to present the same temptations. Now, going back to this James Bond syndrome, we can see how these same issues can cause men to get caught up in the traps of sin. You can even see how many want to have that Peter Pan or Playboy lifestyle that they don't want to grow up and take responsibility for their actions or to have that image of a rich lifestyle and have anyone or anything they want and then discard it when they are done with it. We have seen too many lives, marriages and families destroyed because of the temptation of Satan to try and live up to a glamorous lifestyle that God hasn't intended for them and to later fall or destroy lives trying to reach it. There is an old adage that says sin will take you further than you want to go and keep you longer than you want to stay. This is true in many areas of life that we see people get caught up with trying to obtain riches and status, and then when they can no longer maintain it, they resort to measures that may be illegal. So as I'm closing up, we can see how Bond has had this effect on lives. He may have been doing work for his homeland and the government, But the personality behind the character is what many try to live up to in the real world. Just remember that when Satan does come against you to take that time to remind him, just as Jesus did through the scriptures, and then take that time to pray and ask God for guidance. Sometimes you may have to be like Joseph and when approached by Potiphar's wife and simply run from temptation. 
So I hope you took something from this episode that will help encourage you in your spiritual growth. And be sure to like this episode, subscribe to the podcast where you listen to them, and share it with others so that they will be blessed and encouraged. And as always, I want you to have a blessed and wonderful day. Thank you for joining on this adventure of integrity and honor in godly masculinity. Be sure to like, subscribe, and share this podcast with other men. And remember to keep building faithful men.